Have you checked out the new Brian Nichols Show collection over at Proud Libertarian? Head to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop and you can grab some amazing Liberty swag that will definitely help pique some interest from our good ideas don't require force snapbacks, Alexa overthrow the government t-shirts, question everything mugs, and of course our ever popular don't hurt people, don't take people's stuff bumper sticker. The Brian Nichols Show shop over at Proud Libertarian has all the Liberty swag you need. And hey, if you're looking for more awesome Liberty apparel check out the rest of the amazing proud libertarian store while you're over there and be sure to use code tbns at checkout to get 10% off your entire order that's right 10% off your entire order from proud libertarian including everything over at the brian nichols show shop and all you have to use is code tbns at checkout one more time head to brian forward slash shop and check out the brand new brian nichols show store over at proud libertarian and use code tbns at checkout for 10% off your entire entire order. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, it's, we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. Today, I am joined by Liberty Activist. He is also the host of the Liberty Hour podcast, Angelo Veltri. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, my friend. How are you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good and busy as ever. I just, uh, you're my first. Okay, Angelo, here. This is an actual real honor i would say for you you were my first guest as i've officially moved to indiana i did a solo episode yesterday but you're the first guest in person well, i say in person but uh for the, the brian nichols show here uh, as i got out to indiana so thank you for for joining me today and i know we're kind of in a weird setup here as i'm in the middle of a spare bedroom because is my studio ready of course i moved here in like three days ago but uh enough about me and my moving chaos my audience has heard enough about that angelo Welcome to the program. Um, there's there's a lot behind the uh, the, the title there uh, that we were talking about. I have it scrolling here at the bottom of the YouTube. Um, but in the intro, you're the host of the Liberty Hour pod. But you do so much more than that, Angela. So let's introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. And let's kind of go into your story of your path to liberty. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, you're Gen Z. So let's kind of dig into your Gen Z liberty story, because I would say it must be difficult being a Gen Zer and uh, touting the, uh, the flame of liberty. No? Uh, yeah, so thank you for having me on. I do appreciate it. And I do feel honored being the first guest for you moving to Indiana. So uh, that is a feather in my cap. Uh, but thank you once again. And uh, yeah, so basically, I came to Liberty from being a uh, sort of, I guess you could say, 
staunch conservative, uh, being in the Re- Republican Party and uh, following along with basic Republican talking heads such as Tucker Carlson, uh, uh, Sean Hannity, and all the all the likes of Fox News, and thinking that oh, but they're telling the truth. Um, they're not, and uh, no real media source is, and that's something that I've came to learn. Uh, but basically, my path to liberty started back just before the pandemic i sort of started catching on to a lot of the uh duopoly bs i guess you could say um and i started realizing that the republican party didn't really fit me anymore uh they weren't standing up for my freedoms they weren't standing up for my liberty and uh they weren't doing anything to protect my rights so at that point i started venturing out looking into the libertarian party and then the pandemic happened and that's when i turned from like oh well trump's doing doing a couple decent things to he's not doing much of anything at all and he might be screwing things up and um so i've evolved from being sort of a republican trumper back in 2016 to being full-blown libertarian anarchist almost in uh 2020 and then uh from there i enrolled in the libertarian party became part of the suffolk county libertarian party in new york uh currently working on their social media and stuff like that uh some community outreach as well and then uh, made it on to the New York State Libertarian uh, State Committee. Uh, so now I'm on there, uh, hopefully going to be doing some more work with them as well. And uh, Young Americans for Liberty, I'm also a part of. That's why I am here, not in my usual studio. Uh, so I've been knocking doors uh, for school choice down in Virginia. Uh, but really, Liberty for me has brought me to a bunch of places that I did not expect to ever go. So I'm very thankful that I've found my path here. <laughs> Isn't it funny how Liberty has brought us all to weird little areas we never thought we'd end up like? Did I ever think I was going to end up in a state like Indiana? Nope. I was born and raised in New York State. And, uh, you know, fun fact, so my family was just history of, of uh, dairy farmers. And that that's just kind of the way things are up in, in northern New York. You get your you get your, you know, your your family farm, you get your lineage lined up and then it's just you pass it down generation after generation. And that's just kind of how things are done. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, well, granted, fast forward a little bit, and you see in New York, the consequences of these left-wing policies really hurt my home area where all the jobs left. Any plant that was up there for manufacturing got out of town because New York was so expensive to do business. Um, and and then I, I ended up going to Philadelphia. I was there for six and a half years. And again, you kind of saw like the leftist policies, but they didn't really hurt too much because things were kind of booming, uh, to be, to be real. Things have been going very, very well for, for the most part. And obviously, is it all real? Not really. It's all big in a big bubble. Um, but, but with that being said, all of a sudden COVID hits and all the leftist policies again came home to roost and it made it so obvious of how, just how important it is to put yourself in situations where, yeah, you are surrounded by people who are like-minded and and focused on the same goals. That's partly why I took this trip out to Indiana is because it was that time to make that switch. So let me kind of turn towards you because you're in New York, right? And, and you're not today. You're obviously in Virginia. Yeah, not today, but I am yeah. from New York. Yeah, you're helping our, our good friends out there at Young Americans for Liberty. I know our, our buddy there, Eric uh, Brakey, must be uh, be applauding as he hears, hears your uh, helping knock on doors in Virginia. But but when you're talking about New York, New York, I know when I left back in 2015, 2014, um, it was on the way down. And now I, whenever I go home, I, I'm always greeted by 
police sitting at uh, you know the the a border waiting to see if they can get me for a speeding ticket. I see friends complain about the just insane restrictions. Their kids are just being put uh, you know with wearing masks nonstop, and and it's killing just generations of kids. Uh, their future aspirations, their goals, their hopes, their dreams are just going down the toilet. And I mean, you're 21, so you're you're in the ballpark of you know the generation who's truly experiencing the impact of COVID. So let's kind of approach this two ways. What's it been like? being in New York for the past few years, but number two, what's it been like being Gen Z and having to deal with this COVID pandemic? I'm sure you must have had a very interesting experience, especially with these being some very formative years where you're hanging out with a lot of friends and hopefully making some memories. Yeah, so uh, basically, so for the first point on the pandemic starting and all that, uh, and the pa- living through the pandemic in New York, or at least on Long Island for me, uh, my county is somewhat red. Uh, it's very politically neutral in a sense when you really talk to the people, but um, the mass policies and stuff like that, cer- certain stores like uh, mobile gas stations and like Walmart and all the big stores were pretty much following along. And so were the small stores for a while, uh, like the mom and pop shops, but eventually they started to wean out of it and they were like, yeah, we're not going to make anybody, we want to make money. So we're not going to force people to do anything that they don't want to do in their store. Uh, so there was really like a lot of non-enforcement going on and you could even walk into those big stores with your mask down. But now we've evolved into to the whole vaccine mandate thing where uh, New York City has implemented the vaccine mandate that was under uh, de Blasio uh, last year. And um, it went really quickly from mm, vaccine while he's eating the burger and you get it, you get a free bag of fries or whatever on the side of it for getting your vaccine to if you don't get it now, you're not allowed to get burgers or fries. Um, But that's neither here nor there being a uh, Gen Z um, because New York City doesn't really affect me out in Long Island, but being Gen Z from Long Island and being from the school that I was from, uh, it seems like there are there's a split between uh, what our generation is really made up of. Uh, I guess you could say back uh, 20, 30, 40, even 50 years ago that there were regular conservatives and classical liberals and mainly people who are more toward the center. But as generations have went on, we've become much more polarized and pushed out toward the ends. So at this point, you have literal walking communists in high school, as well as complete anarchists like me. I mean, I wasn't really that much of a libertarian in high school. I was more of a Republican. But um, throughout time, it seems like the generations, not that they're moving more toward liberty in a sense, but that they're becoming much more polarized toward authoritarianism and libertarianism. Uh, So basically, there's a lot. But there is an influx of uh, like liberty minded uh, individuals because of that, but also on the other end, too. Wow. Okay. Inter- so let let's dig into that because that's fascinating. I remember back when I was in in high school, middle school. Heck, I was that nerdy kid back in in elementary school who I was interested in Bush v. Gore. I was like, yeah, let's let's pay attention to this in class. And the kids were like, can we play Beyblades, please? And I'm like, okay. Um, but l- seriously, like I I look at the the fact that. 
And probably, by the way, Beyblades was probably like three or four years. I'm, I'm actually like thinking about that in my head. Play with them. They were they were fun. Yeah, and I'm like, there's probably somebody who's like fact checking like Beyblades weren't around when they were doing Bush v Gore. And I'm gonna be like, okay, it's probably Pokemon or something. So give me a break. But um, when when you think back to the conversations that were being had and like the the conversations didn't exist. Let me let me reframe the context. Those conversations didn't exist. There we go. Because let's be real, <laughs> there wasn't really that much of a focus on these issues. Uh, and I don't know for what reason. Um, I, actually, I know for what reason because we really never had to really live politics. Politics kind of was the thing that happened, but it didn't impact you super directly all the time. Um, and growing up, you didn't really you know think about it too much, but. I guess you've really had to live the politics, right? Like, especially over the past few years, your generation has been most directly impacted by these COVID mandates, by these these just insane policies, not only just from the academic standpoint, but then you take the mental health standpoint and to see the rising cases of, of suicides, of self-harm, of drug use and, and overdoses. I, I have lost far too many friends to drunk driving, uh, suicide overdoses over the past two, three years. And I can almost guarantee that two, if not three of them, were directly attributed to what just happened in result of the, the COVID pandemic policies, not the, the, the disease itself, the, the ensuing policies. And, and that right there, I think it's interesting because it, to your, to your point, it's almost radicalized a generation, but it's radicalized it in two different ways. One generation's radicalized to to the extent where we have, um, you know, this like, like you, the the Republicans who are maybe now turning anarchists. But now you're talking about those those you know walking communists in high school, which I laughed at inside. That was that was great. Um, but also scary because I can almost guarantee that they probably came to be during the years probably at the end of Trump, right, where you just had this constant drumbeat of he's a fascist dictator, he's taken over. Um, you know, watch, you know, he's gonna he's, he's gonna overthrow the U.S. government with his January sixth siege of all the people at the Capitol building who were walking around. And looking okay, um, yeah. Let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah, before we get banned on YouTube. Um, but uh, but no, seriously, it's interesting because you see, there has been a an increasing push, and this is not just I think um unique to your generation, but it's maybe more so focused on in the younger generation where it never really was before. Am I diagnosing this correctly? That because of the fact that your younger generation has really had to live. And, and be a part of these conversations where traditionally we really didn't, that now you're being brought into the fight and it's pushing people to take positions they otherwise really wouldn't have even considered in the past? Yeah, well, especially with schools specifically, just because think back to New York in what was that, maybe around 2012, around that time where there was the whole argument of Common Core in schools. Yep. Uh, this has sort of evolved over a decade into becoming critical race theory now. Uh, now, granted, I I know what critical race theory is. I have a decent understanding of it, uh, but I also don't believe that anybody should be subject to teaching it or having to not learn it or that people should be, be able to make their own choices on what they want to learn. Uh, but also in school from uh, the whole concept of moving more drastically in uh, the authoritarian, becoming more radicalized in a sense that uh, it was a lot to do with Trump. Trump was just a 
figurehead amongst not even politics anymore. He was just like an average household name that people were either making fun of or adoring or just were completely indifferent to. But regardless, he was always talked about. So at that point, you have high schoolers now always talking about this. And once you get people wearing Trump stuff to school and wearing anti-Trump stuff to school, now you get the conversation going even more and it's out of the administrator's hands at that point. So what I've seen now is a lot of the people that were back then in high school calling Trump a fascist and uh, he's a dictator and he's he's a he's an emperor. He's a king. Uh, and, and now Biden is coming through with all of his authoritarian policies, which they they like to call Trump a fascist for uh, uh, excluding uh, people who were transgender for the first five years out of the military because they need uh, certain medications that the military can't pay for. And there was a whole reasoning behind that. And the military is completely under the jurisdiction of the federal government through, through our Constitution. Um, now they've evolved into saying that having uh, vaccine or mask mandates are OK. And that's not fascism. And that's just per- that's public health and that's safety when that is literally nearly if not the textbook definition of fascism when you have a merger of corporation and state colluding to keep out certain people from their business uh so it's sort of more from them just calling trump a fascist and all of this is fascist and fascist this fascist that we're anti-fascist and then the fascism comes and they're nowhere to be seen so Angela, that's if, the way I see it. If you had to to guess, right, and this doesn't have to be a a scientific uh, number, but you talk about the split in the the libertarian anarchists, let's say, in in the gen the Gen Z, and then as you you again coined so well the walking commies, um, which is again terrifying. But but when you look at that, what would you say? The, the actual percentage breakdown, is it really, you know, you have almost two two mountains, if you were to look at it in terms of like a uh, one of those bell curves, like, you know, you peak on the commie side, flattens out across the middle and peaks at the anarchist side, or is it kind of what you'd see in America traditionally, where you have little peaks, little valleys, larger peak, more in the, mo- the moderate, and I'd say moderate obviously being more of like the independent-minded, pro- probably being the younger generation, and then obviously pan out again and start a little bit smaller of a uh, you know, peak as you get more towards the radical on the right. Is that kind of how you see it pan out, or is it truly splitting and you're having more larger mountains, if you will, on either side? So going back to what you said earlier about how uh, back when you were in school that nobody cared about politics. Right. It's still sort of that way to a certain extent where there are just people who are completely apolitical uh, and they just don't follow politics. They don't care about politics and they don't want to hear it. If if somebody tells them to put on masks, they do it, whatever. And then they just go about their day. Um, but from what I've seen is that maybe back in your day where 95% of the kids just were completely apolitical and then you had both sides with like two and a half percent. Now it would be more of, I'd say, 60% in the middle and then maybe like 10% toward the middle right or middle left and then a little bit more toward the more extreme. So it's sort of merging out a little bit and it's becoming a little bit more equal all across the board. Um, but that's that's obviously all anecdotal evidence from what I've seen. Oh, no, no, this is this is all great yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is great stuff because like, let, let's be real, right? I 
I, I'm an old fuddy-duddy, and there are people who listen to this show who are significantly older than I, who are older fuddy-duddies. So it's good to get this context of what you're experiencing right now. And I guess let's look at that that 60% in the middle that you, you talked about. What would you say is the top concerns that they're thinking about right now? Is it is it anything political, or is it overtly things that are in their own like, the, the the things they can see, touch, smell, is it that kind of thing where it is more, I don't say self-centered, that's not the, the you know, expression I want to say, but, like, is it kind of that mentality? Or, it's or they the whole, of, what directly impacts my life? What okay. do I need? And yep. for, for certain people, there are complete, people that are completely apolitical, but they don't have health care. So they're like, or they've been kicked off their parents' plan, whatever the case may be, and they go, well, I want universal health care. And that's the only issue that they care about. And they might vote Democrat. And even if it's only in presidential elections, which are the most voted in, where they might only vote Democrat because they want that one outcome. So they became a single issue voter now. Uh, So that's what I'm saying, where they moved like a little bit toward one side, but not fully. And the people that were already like in the middle or have moved all the way over now. See, this right here, I don't mean to interrupt, this is why what Spike Cohen always talks about in terms of listening for not what the person says they, they want, but rather where their problem is. And, and that's why right there. You, so you just said they, they probably say, Oh, you know, I want universal healthcare. They, what they're saying. And, and again, we have to do more digging, but one can assume in, in an intelligent manner, of course, when we're assuming here that they don't want just necessarily universal healthcare. They rather are looking for more affordable healthcare access because they are having problem affording healthcare. So instead of presenting a solution that will give them just free healthcare, right? We have to be able to help better present solutions that will help bring down the costs of healthcare to make it more accessible. And I think right there is sometimes where we lose the the conversation because we hear the person say I want universal healthcare, and instead of hearing someone who were having a communication issue, we hear, you're my enemy. You want the thing that I hate, and and then we put up the barriers, and instead of having that necessary dialogue in order to engage in that conversation, we we just instantly turn off. I mean, did you watch the movie Klaus, by chance? No, okay, no spoiler alerts, I promise, but... In the movie, there's two, um, there's two, I don't say they're, they're families, but they're like two sides in a community, and they've been fighting for nonstop. And when they come to think about the reason why, there is no real reason why. It's just because there ended up being two controlling families who wanted to keep the fighting going so they could keep the power. Sounds kind of familiar. But you almost see that's what ha- would happen long-term, is that you just have these two sides fighting. It's like, wait, why are we fighting? And I kind of see that with Republicans and Democrats. In more of the moderates than you would um, more so like the, the the more radicalized, I'd say people like we were talking about earlier. But like your average person, I think it was um, in the 80s, I think it was like a, the old Speaker of the House who said, you know, what, what's the dime's worth of uh, difference between a Republican or Democrat and about a nickel or something like that? It, you know, just, they're not very different at all. But it's more so because they're... I think they're they're fighting the wrong battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Well, they're both they both become authoritarian parties. That's the problem. There is no uh, liberty minded pe- that you might have liberty minded people in those parties, but yeah. the parties as a whole and their platforms have become very authoritarian. Uh, so when people start to realize that they don't have a route out of this, we can't vote Republican out of this. We can't vote Democrat out of this. That's when you get people starting to look toward third parties. And it's really surprised me, honestly, to see the amount of people like Granted, it's not hundreds or thousands, but the amount of people that have become more liberty minded by watching my content out of high school uh, to see them constantly engaging with me and constantly like agreeing with what I'm saying. So there is definitely a liberty revolution going on. Um, and it's, it's happening very fast at this rate. Uh, we, I think there was over a hundred thousand or uh, maybe it was over 50,000 registered libertarians over the course of 2020. Uh, it just woke people up to the fact that Democrats don't and outright don't give a shit about your liberties and then Republicans placate it and then they actually still don't at the end of the day so more people are waking up to that more people are joining the libertarian party and more people are growing the liberty movement as a whole we're getting there man uh baby steps uh and hey thank you for fighting the good fight in new york uh definitely i i appreciate you staying up there fighting and taking the slings and arrows um i've i've taken all that i could take for the past 20 plus 25 30 years at this point 30 yeah 30 plus years and uh, I decided it was time to uh, to get out of the northeast so hasta luego uh northeast and and now I'm out to the midwest and I I got to tell you I've only been here about 4 or 5 days officially and it's it, it's been refreshing my friend so if you ever looking to escape for a hot second you know I I have a couple of places to recommend but uh Angelo, unfortunately, I just look at the clock. We are already close to time, so what I want to make sure we do here is, number one, I want to give you a, a platform here for final thoughts, anything you want the audience to make sure they take away from today's episode, especially when we're talking about the issues that Gen Z is focusing on and how we can better address those concerns, especially those uh, folks in that 60% uh, zone that I think are more open to our conversations. But number two, we want to make sure people are able to go ahead and follow the Liberty uh, Hour podcast. So where can pe- uh, people go ahead and find that? But also, uh, they can go ahead and find you and uh, stay up to date with all of the uh, interesting stuff that's happening over your world. And also, they want to keep up the conversation. Where can they go ahead and do that? So uh, you guys can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Angelo for Liberty. Follow me on Twitter and Getter at Liberty Angelo. I have my website, uh, www.LibertyAngelo.com. You can follow my track record on the Libertarian Party uh, New York State Committee. Um, I'm also hopefully going to be working with Yal for quite a bit. So uh, you can follow me there. Uh, but besides that, the other thing that you, uh, what was your other uh, question to me? Cause there yeah. In final that. thoughts for the audience, cause obviously you, you are, are bringing a lot of interesting things that you bring over the show, but I want to make sure to today for focusing on Gen Z as we are leaving the audience, how to reach that 60%, right? Where can we best reach them where we've been failing or maybe the things that they're thinking about, um, as we leave here that you could maybe leave uh, the audience with a little words of wisdom, how to have that conversation. Okay, so the thing is, I'm a libertarian through and through, but I'm also rational, and I realize that not everybody is a libertarian at heart. Uh, So whether you are a Republican or a Democrat now, if you are Gen Z, you need to start looking into third parties, broaden the third party spectrum, join the Green Party, Working Families Party, find a party that actually represents your morals and values. Because granted, we can use the two parties and we can obstruct the bad stuff that they're doing and use 
use them to pass good stuff. But at the same time, we need to give people more options, gives people more choices uh, and start looking into third parties because I'm a libertarian. I think the libertarian party is the best party out there. But also, I know it's not going to be right for everybody. Uh, so we are focused as third parties on dismantling the duopoly and uh, taking away their strongholds. So uh, that's really what I want to end off with. There we go. I have to make sure I have my mic on. There we go. Angelo Veltri, thank you so much for joining us on the program. And folks, of course, if you want to go ahead and make sure that you're not missing out, and we don't want FOMO here, no fear of missing out on The Brian Nichols Show, we'll include all the links to Angelo's social media as well as the Liberty Hour podcast here in the show notes. Just click the artwork in your podcast catcher. It'll bring you right to today's episode. Oh, and I'll make it easier for you folks as well. I'll include the entire transcript as well. So with that being said, Angelo Veltri, the Liberty Hour podcast. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at B Nichols Liberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.